0: Amen. I want to invite you to go with me to 2nd Timothy this morning. 2nd Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. 2nd Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. I want to read to you the words of the Apostle Paul concerning Timothy. Timothy was the pastor of the church at Ephesus. He was a spiritual son of the Apostle Paul. And Paul writes to him concerning his faith. And he says, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. For this reason I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind or self-discipline. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity to celebrate Mother's Day and to come to your word, to hear and reflect upon what your word says to us for this time and this season. I ask you to anoint my lips of clay to preach the word of the living God, and I ask you to anoint this congregation that as we hear the word together, we might rejoice in its truth. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. I want to talk about the faith of a godly mother this morning, and I want to share with you from this passage of scripture some truths that we can draw from the word of God. Timothy was the pastor of the church at Ephesus. Ephesus was a church uh, or a city that was the centerpiece of an idol-worshiping religion, and there was a temple there to the goddess Diana. That temple and that goddess celebrated immorality. It was a place where they had temple prostitution, a terrible condition in which to uh, try to live, let alone raise up and pastor a church. So Timothy had his work cut out for him. He was living in a challenging surrounding, a challenging world. And Paul writes to him, and Paul speaks to Timothy as a father would. In his first letter to Timothy, Paul said, you are my true son in the faith. So Paul writes to Timothy the way a father does. And you know there's a difference between how mom talks and how dad talks. So uh, Timothy writes to or receives this letter from Paul. And Paul is saying to him in in pretty basic terms, uh, Buck up, boy, and get in the game. You're not a coward. You are a man of faith. Put your faith to work. And he says to him, God has not given to you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. So get the job done. No matter the circumstances you're in, no matter the hardship, you need to face it with courage and with confidence. How many of you ever got a pep talk like that from dad? Well, dad knows how to do that. There's always a sternness about that, and we all need that from time to time. But then he reminds him of the faith that is within him. And he says, this faith was first in your mother and in your grandmother. And he calls the name of these two godly women, and he says that Lois and Eunice were women of faith. So I want us to draw from the Word of God this morning some truths as we think about Mother's Day. And I want you to look first of all in verse 5. Paul says, I am reminded, or I remember, the faith which is in you, which was first in your mother and in your grandmother. And so... Paul here is making a memory of the impact of a, a, the faith of these godly women. So I want to talk about the faith uh, or the memory of mama for just a minute. And uh, I want to mention a, a couple of things. First of all, uh, just on the very practical side, before I get into the doctrinal portion of this message, uh, in terms of remembering mom, if you still have your mom with you, uh, and if your mom is still living, I want to encourage every member of this church uh, to take very good care of mom. Spend time with her. Visit her if she's, uh, if she's perhaps uh, a living at, a, alone or living in a nursing home. Especially then, make time to visit mom, to spend time with her. And uh, if mom is able to get around and uh, you can take her out to eat and you can go shopping, you should do that. Even if you're in college, you're a young person, your mom is still able to uh, go to work and, and, and uh, provide for the family. You uh, spend as much time with, you, with her as you can. Take her shopping, buy her a hat or a dress. Uh, do those things that you can right now while you can enjoy her presence in your life. And everybody here who has already lost mom, who doesn't have mom present any longer, we would all tell you the same thing. Take advantage of the time you have with mama while you've got her. Listen to her advice. Listen to her counsel. Um, you and I live in a digital age. We live in a world of technology. So record her. Interview her. Uh, get video of her talking about her growing up years and her faith and her confidence in God. It is such an invaluable thing to be able to look back on those memories, those Pictures as well as video and audio recording uh, to be able to do that so take advantage of that now. I have in my possession uh, the recordings of my parents singing. I have uh, also recordings of my mother praying a blessing over myself and my brothers a few days or perhaps a couple of days before her passing and those are treasures to us to this day. So if you still have mom take full advantage of of her life and her time and the investment that she has made in your life. If you don't have your mother with you, then I want to encourage you to, li- to remember her and to honor her memory by a living memory because a lot of people, when they lose someone they love, they stop living themselves. And uh, that is not the best way to approach life. It's not God's will for you that when someone that you love dies, that you stop living also. Uh, So there are many ways that you can celebrate their life and remember them without having to uh, stop living your own life yourself. One of the things I do is that uh, around birthdays or around uh, uh, weekends like this one where we're celebrating something, I try to do something that my parents would have done, that my mom would have done. Uh, to remember her, to remember my dad as well. My mom liked to watch musicals. My dad liked to watch westerns. So sometimes I'll watch one of those uh, to remember them. Or um, this week I made a menudo which uh, with, by my mother's recipe, in which if you guys know how Hispanic mothers cook, there are no recipes, right? It's just a little of this and a little of that, and you feel it out. Well, when you do that, you're able to remember uh, and, uh, and still live your life. And still enjoy the goodness of God in this time. And remember them because especially if they were a godly and a God-fearing mom, you're going to see her again. I have this confidence that my mother and my father are more alive right now than they ever were here on the earth. And uh, that they're in the presence of God, and that I'm going to see them again. Isn't that exciting to know there's a heaven to look forward to? There is an eternal life that you and I are going to be in. And when we get there, mom won't be sick, dad won't be sick. There's going to be health and healing and blessing and peace forevermore. So Paul says, I remember your mother, I remember your grandmother. And her faith and the impact of her faith. And so I want to talk for a minute now about mama's faith. How many of you know mama has a lot of faith? Mothers have two kinds of faith. Not all mothers have these two, but all of them have one of these types of faith. And mothers have faith in their children. I don't know if you ever realized this or not, but for most moms, their children can do no wrong. They have complete faith in their children, and uh, that is just a natural part of life. It's something God has put within a mom, and uh, you know, you'll see a mother that has a, a, a son who is, who is short and a little stocky and uh, can't throw a ball in the basket, and, and he'll say, I want to be in the NBA, and she'll say, yes, mijo, you can do it, and uh, she just has a whole lot of faith. And that little boy to get to get something done—that's probably not going to happen. But that's the kind of faith a mother has in her children. But then there's another kind of faith that some mothers have, and if you have a mother who has this kind of faith, you are blessed indeed. And that is a mother who has faith in God—the kind of faith that moves mountains, the kind of faith that gets answers to prayer, and that's the kind of faith we read about here. In this book, in this letter to Timothy, Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, you had a mother and a grandmother who had faith in God. He says they had a sincere faith. That means their faith was not fake. It wasn't a Sunday morning faith. It wasn't a holiday faith. It was a faith that was sincere, a faith for all times and for all seasons. Now these words encourage me this morning, and I hope they'll encourage you for a number of reasons. First of all, uh, what I want you to notice here is that Timothy was uh, a son of a Jewish mother and a Greek father. So he had a father who was a pagan, and his mother who was a Christian Jew, who a woman, a Jewish woman who had converted to Christ. She converted to Christianity, and so Timothy has a father who has nothing to do with God. Nothing to do with truth. And yet the paganism of his father was not able to overcome the faith of his mother. And the paganism of his father was not able to destroy the faith that was in his own heart and his own life. And I want to encourage you with that this morning because you may have had an absent father. Uh, Many of you moms are raising your children without a godly father influence in their life. But I want to just encourage you to keep the faith because your faith is able to bring those children through to victory and to success in their spiritual life. Say amen, somebody. And that's just how powerful faith is. That it was able to overcome paganism. And I really believe that's one of the reasons why Paul is bringing this out to Timothy. He's saying, Timothy... If paganism could not win in your house, then it cannot win over the church because of the faith of God's people who have confidence in God. And so the absence of faith in your father does not uh, negate the presence of faith in your life because you had a godly and faithful mother, a mama who knew how to pray, who knew how to seek the Lord and to believe. The other thing we notice here is that a parent's faith has a generational impact. Notice what Paul says. He says, the faith which is in you was in your mother and in your grandmother. That's three generations of faith. Three generations of this family have put their confidence in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And they have made Jesus the Lord of their life. And that is an extraordinary thing to understand, that the faith that you have today can not only outlive you, it can also outlive your children and your grandchildren. I stand before you today as a fourth generation preacher, and now there are five generations of preachers in our family, and that is because five generations ago, faith came into our family Faith came into the Escamilla family and into the De Los Santos family five generations ago. And here we are, five generations later. I never even met my great grandfathers who were preachers. I never heard them preach. But I'm still preaching the faith that they preach. I'm still preaching the Bible that they preach. Why? Because faith has a generational impact. And so I want to encourage you, mom and dad, keep the faith. Everybody say, keep the faith. Because when you keep the faith, you're keeping it for the next generation. You're keeping a a faith that can endure beyond the generations that you perhaps may even know or meet. We also understand this, that Paul says the same faith. Everyone says same faith. You realize that Timothy was repeating the faith that he saw in his mother. And she was most likely repeating the faith she saw in her mother. And so there is a repetition of the same faith. This is very important. Because the faith you live out for your children is the same faith they're going to live out. If you live out a faith where you pray, where you, where you read the Bible, where you tithe, where you give, where you attend church regularly... That's the kind of faith your children will live out. If you live out the kind of faith where you come to church once a month or once a year or only on holidays and funerals, then that's the kind of faith that they're going to live out. So live out the kind of faith that you want to see in your children because it will be the same faith in them. The example that parents are setting today is going to be the faith the the lifestyle of faith that their children will have later. So I want to encourage you to do uh, the work today, to, to put into practice the habits of godly living right now in the sight of your children so that they can duplicate the same faith that you have. Now, the Bible also tells us this about spiritual leaders. It tells us to imitate their faith. And I want you to realize that Timothy is imitating the faith of his grandmother and the faith of his mother. When you see somebody that lives out their life in faith, you should imitate their faith. And this is such an important thing, especially if you didn't have a godly mother or a godly father. There are spiritual leaders in your life. There are elders in our church. There's a a family around you that you can imitate the faith of. And if you did have a godly mother, then you should imitate her faith and imitate her confidence in God. Because uh, if it worked for her, it'll work for you. Listen, if faith worked for mama, faith will work for you. Say amen, somebody. Because it's it's not mama and it's not you. It's the God in whom we've trusted. The God in whom we have believed. I'll give you an example. When I was a little boy, my parents were evangelists. And we were in the city of Dallas, and we had a, a, a RV or a bus that my parents had turned into an RV where we, where we stayed while we were traveling. And One day we were parked in this neighborhood in Dallas, and I was getting off of the bus, and a car a car pulled up and stopped right in front of me. There were two men in the car, and one of them got out of the car. And at that time, there was a rash of abductions, child abductions in the United States. My mother happened to see this out of the window of the RV. And she saw the man getting out of the car and running toward me. I I was too young to realize what was going on. And all I remember is that I heard her say, La sangre de Cristo. She said, The blood of Jesus. That's, that's what came to her mind and to her mouth, was the blood of Jesus. And the moment she said that, the man turned around, got back in his car, and they drove off. And I was delivered from a kidnapping or possible abduction that day because of my mother's faith. She believed in pleading the blood of Jesus. How many of you believe in pleading the blood of Jesus? Well... Now it's, now it's my turn to imitate her faith. And several years ago, as I, when I came to pastor here at the church, we were remodeling the parsonage. And uh, one of the things about me is that I am highly allergic to insect bites. And if I get stung by a bee, my face will blow up like a basketball. So um, it is a, a serious thing for me. To be stung by a bee? Well, while we were working on the parsonage, there was a door leaning up against the house. And I took that door and I swung it around like this, just whoosh. What I didn't realize was there was a beehive on the other side of that door. And when I swung that door around, that beehive, it was swarming with bees, was right in my face, and they they, you can imagine what they did. They were, they were stirred up. So they attacked me and they started, they started stinging my head. I had more than 30 stings in my head. And the only thing I knew to do in that moment was I said, The blood of Jesus. And I received deliverance. I didn't swell up one bit that entire case. And I received deliverance from that because as a child, I learned that there is a blood that delivers. That there is a name that delivers. Come on, somebody. Do you believe in the blood? Do you believe in the word? Do you believe in prayer? Imitate their faith. And because if it worked for them, it'll work for you. The word of God is not limited to mama's generation. and Her faith is is powerful. Now there is a limit to mama's faith and I want you to have a real clear understanding of this. There is a limit to mama's faith and there's a limit to daddy's faith and it's this, that God requires that every person have faith for salvation for themselves. No one's faith can save you. Every man, every woman has to make their own decision. About following Christ, about serving the Lord. And so you can't expect or or wait upon the fact that if your mama was a Christian, that God will let you into heaven when you die. Or that if mama's a Christian when the rapture happens, that you're gonna you're gonna be included in the rapture because your mother or your father were a Christian. Listen. Uh, some people think, or uh, some kids might think, well, if the rapture happens, I'll just grab onto mama's leg and go up to heaven with her. No, friend, every man, every woman must believe for themselves. Young man, young lady, you've got to have faith for yourself. Mama's faith cannot save you, but your faith can if you will put faith in the Lord Jesus Christ today. If you will make Jesus the Lord of your life, your faith can have a dynamic difference. In your life, it can it can destroy the power of hell, destroy habits and addictions that are in your life. If you will activate your faith toward God this morning, and if you will imitate her faith in your own life with your own genuine and real faith in God, if you will do that, you will experience the same miracles that the generations before you have, as they have put trust and faith in God. Now I want to close by pointing out to you this also, that a mother and a mother's love is a reflection to us of the goodness of God. How many of you that mamas are, know that mamas are good? Mamas are are loving. They're tender. They are caring. Sometimes to a fault, right? Sometimes a mama is blinded to to. the the errors that we make. But the love of a mother is one of those things that we set as a benchmark or a standard of what true and genuine love looks like. But here's what I want you to understand this morning. That her love and her goodness is merely a picture or a reflection to you of the goodness of God. Because when you see the goodness in the mother... You are actually seeing the goodness of God reflected back to you. The way a mother loves is the way God loves, but much more. The way a mother forgives is the way God forgives, but much more. And look at what the Bible says, Isaiah chapter 66 and verse 13. It says, as one whom his mother comforts, so I will comfort you, says the Lord, and you will be comforted in me. I want you to listen to that. God is saying, the way a mother comforts a child is the way that I want to comfort you. I am the God of all comfort. And this morning, you might feel like, Pastor, you know there's a lot of insecurity in this world. There are a lot of things out of our control. As of today, 80,000 people have have died of this uh, virus that has plagued our world in the United States. The economy is in turmoil. Uh, unemployment is over 14%. Many of you perhaps have experienced a layoff or a, uh, of an insecurity in your job. And you say, what do I do? I'll tell you, friend, turn to God. Trust in God. He will comfort you. He will sustain you. He is the God of all comfort. And if your mama could comfort you, in days of difficulty in your childhood. God much more so. Because he has the eternal word. And the last word in your life. Say man, somebody. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 49. Verse 14 and 15. It says this. But Zion said. Now this is Israel. Israel said. The Lord has forsaken me. And the Lord has forgotten me. Israel was in a hard moment, a hard time. And what did they say? God has forsaken us. He's abandoned us. He left us. There are a lot of people questioning right now, has God left us? Has God abandoned us? And they said God has forgotten about us. He doesn't even know we're here. He doesn't know we're in need. Well, has God forsaken? Has God abandoned? What does the Bible say? God responds to that by saying, can a mother forget her child? And have no compassion on the child of her womb? God says, look, a mama cannot forget her child. And neither can I forget you. And neither will I forget you. You know, it's been scientifically proven that a mother has a physical and chemical reaction in her body to the cry of her baby. And science tells us, and all of you mothers probably notice that and know this, that something happens physically and chemically in a woman's body when she hears her baby's cry. To some extent that happens for fathers as well, but not to the extent that it happens in the life of a mother. That's what God is talking about. And the scientists tell us that a mother will respond to her baby's cry within five seconds, even if she is in a deep sleep. The cry of a baby awakens that mother and she responds compassionately and graciously to that child. I know there are some uh, variations in that and some mothers who have forsaken their children. But by and large, there is the presence in every mother's heart of a compassionate response to the cry of her child. And God says, if a woman, if a mother cannot forget her child, And if a woman, a mother, cannot be uh, anything but compassionate to her child, then I cannot forget you. He says, even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Listen, that's God talking this morning. He says, I will not forget you. He says, because I have inscribed you in the palm of my hands. And I will be a wall continually around you. How did God inscribe you on the palm of his hands? Well, he inscribed you on the palm of his hands by going to the cross. And Jesus' hands today are scarred by the nails that he suffered for your sake and for my sake. Our name is written on his hands. And he says... I will not forget you. Because every time God looks at his hands, he thinks of you. Can I just ask you this? Have you been washing your hands a lot lately? Have you been seeing your hands a lot? How many times a day do we see our hands? We see our hands so many times a day we don't even think about it. God says every time I see my hands, I think of you. How could I forget you? How could I abandon you because I have written your name on my hands. I have inscribed your name in my hands. He says, and I will be a wall continually around you. God says, I will be the protection all around you. And I want to encourage every mother and every father this morning with these words. God says, I'm going to be a wall around you, and I will be a wall around your children. I'm going to preserve and protect them. The promises of God are a wall all around you this morning. They are surrounding you and surrounding your family. In this day of difficulty and trial and in every season, God says, I will not forget you, and I will be a wall around you. What are, the, what are these promises that are surrounding your family this morning? Let me read a few of them to you. Isaiah 44 and verse 3. For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. And I will pour out my spirit on your children and my blessing on your descendants. Look at the wall that God has put around you. He says, I... We'll pour out my Holy Spirit on your children. Say amen, somebody. And I will bless your descendants. <clears throat> Isaiah 49, verse 25. It says, but this is what the Lord says. Yes, captives will be taken from the warrior. And the plunder received from the fierce. But I will contend. With those who contend with you and your children, I will save. God says to you today, Mom, I will fight with anyone that fights with you. And I will save your children. Come on, somebody ought to get a hold of the promises of God. Isaiah 54, verse 13 and 14. All your sons will be taught by the Lord. And great will be your children's peace. Everyone say that with me. If you have children, say, great will be my children's peace. If you plan to have children, say that with me. Great will be my children's peace. Come on, let's confess that together. Great will be our children's peace. In righteousness, you will be established. And tyranny will be far from you. And you will have nothing to fear. Terror will be removed, and it will not come near to you. What is God saying? I'm going to preserve your family in peace. And fear and terror and tyranny will not come to your home or to your heart. Say amen, somebody. Isaiah 65, verse 22 through 24. No longer will you build houses for someone else to live in nor will you plant crops for someone else to eat. For as the days of the tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the works of their hands. They will not toil in vain, nor will they bear children doomed to misfortune, for they will be a people blessed by the Lord, they and their descendants with them. Before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. Listen to God's unconditional and gracious love expressed in his word this morning. He says, no longer will you bear children doomed for calamity, but they will be children blessed by the Lord. And before they call, I will answer. Before you even pray, God says, I will answer your prayer because you have kept the faith in me. This morning, I want to encourage every mother. Keep the faith. I want to encourage every father. Keep the faith. I want to encourage every single person, every young man, every young lady. Keep the faith. Every child. Keep the faith. Tough times don't last, but God's people do. This season soon will pass. And when it's passed, we'll celebrate and we'll sing the goodness of our God. Until then, we are reminded our faith is powerful because we have a powerful God. Listen, how powerful is your faith? Your faith can move mountains. Your your faith can conquer battles. Your faith can destroy the powers of darkness. Come on, somebody. Put your faith in God. Hope in God. And He will preserve you. Mom, would you raise your hands to heaven? I want to pray over you this morning. That God will give you the abundance of peace. And blessing which He had promised. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask your blessing upon every mother and I pray your blessing upon every woman in this congregation. They are such a blessing to us and to their families. And in these difficult times, they remind us that their faith is not moved by circumstances, but it is anchored and rooted in the word. I pray your blessing upon them. I pray for healing in their bodies. I pray for deliverance from every fear, from anxiety, from worry. I pray if they're far from their children, that you would comfort them this morning. And I pray, Father, that you would bring the finances that they need and the provisions that they need for their home. I ask you, God, to give them the desires of their hearts, to raise them up, and to make them mighty pillars of the household of God just as Eunice and Lois were, that their faith may also transcend the generations and that we may look in the future to their faith and recognize that God was good to them and that you answered their prayers. And Father, I pray that even before they pray today, that you would hear their prayers and that you would give them the things that they ask. In Jesus' name, amen.